Hi friends, Zach Walker here, welcoming you to another episode of Intentionally Inclusive, a place for all of us to learn about and celebrate the things that make us unique and in the process to uncover the things that bring us together. We have uh, some great topics to talk about today with an exciting guest, but before we get to that, just uh, by way of introduction, this month we'll be talking about the Great Resignation and the She Session. If you didn't know, and you might not, the Great Resignation, also known as the Big Quit, is an economic trend in which employees across the United States, and really across the world, but talking about the U.S. today, in which employees voluntarily resign from their jobs en masse. It began in early 2021 in response to the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and really resulted from countrywide wage stagnation and a rising cost of living. The She Session is related to the Great Resignation, and it's a term coined by C. Nicole Mason in early 2021 to describe the unbalanced impact of employment and income losses on women specifically. So to talk about that with us today, we have Ashley George, who is our Early Talent and Diversity Program Manager. Hi, Ashley. Hello there. How are you today? I am doing pretty good. Not too bad. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. So why don't of we start course. out by having you introduce yourself a little bit and maybe tell us a bit about what you do at Paychex. Of course. Uh, so hello, viewers or listeners for that. Uh, my name is Ashley George. I use she and her pronouns. And as Zach mentioned, uh, I serve as Talent Acquisitions Early Talent and Diversity Program Manager. I'm roughly about seven months into my role here and have learned so much uh, through and through. Um, Within my role in talent acquisition is really to increase our applicant and hire rates for diverse candidates. Um, So when we think about all of our business areas, PD&IT, sales, service, corporate, really just want to ensure that those areas are representative of the communities we serve. And then working alongside some other great stakeholders within the company to ensure that our culture is, is inclusive of these folks as well. That's great. And this was a new role at Paychex, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. So you have yeah. the cool opportunity to be the first person doing this. Oh, yeah. And and I'm sure there were um, other folks in the past who have done this role in different variations, but I'm, I'm excited to make it my own uh, and really uh, cater it to the needs of, of Paychex. That's really cool. What are some things you've discovered in your first seven months that were I don't know, a surprise or, or, you know, cool discoveries? Well, it's, um, this is a great transition, actually, uh, with our topic. I think just once again, recognizing that um, companies are no longer in the uh, place where folks are jumping on bandwagons to join us, right? I think we're recognizing mm-hmm. overall that attraction is a huge piece of this role. Um, and so there's, there's a huge mindset shift at the moment of really gauging what exactly do we offer? How can we offer it better? Um, and and how can we prove to folks that we are the employer of choice for them? So that's what I've been learning. And, and it's it's a hard hit. It's a hard reality hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it requires a lot of structural changes. So that's been an ongoing thing, obviously. And, and it's great that I have the support to to really make some change within. Yeah, that's really great. And I know it definitely is a cultural shift for paychecks because we are mm-hmm. definitely used to being that employer of choice in many locations, especially yeah. here in Rochester, but really all across the country where we are. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit why diversity, equity, and inclusion are so important 
for attracting talent? Oh, of course. Well, I can speak days about ways in which uh, diverse folks, diverse candidates and professionals, A, to the business goals of, of paychecks in general or, or organizations, nation and global wide. But I think a large part of this is giving back. Uh, a large part of it is giving back. We have companies, corporate companies in particular, that are housed within communities that, and it's important that we serve said communities. I know um, within paychecks, we talk a lot about uh, social responsibility, corporate responsibility. And so it's, it's just important that once again, we give back to the communities that we sit in, uh, the communities that empower us in, in many different ways, um, and providing opportunities and advancement for populations that historically have not had that. I think that's, that's the nit, nitty gritty. Um, that's the mm-hmm. foundation of, of giving back and um, ensuring that we're, we're, we're providing equitable access, not equal, but equitable, being mm-hmm. intentional with that. Yep. It, can, for our listeners, can you define the difference between equal and equitable? Absolutely. Um, so when we think about who we are, our different identities and, and what makes up who we are, um, it's important to understand that we all have varying needs as human beings, right? My experience is different from yours, Zach, in multiple ways. We can talk about structural identities or we can just talk about challenges we've experienced just for the day alone. Um, and as a result of that, our needs are different. I might need a little bit more than you. You may need a little bit more than me. Um, I may need to get in the door. You may need help already inside. So when we think about equality, equality is giving just about the same to all, right? Ensuring that we're providing the same opportunities for all. But equity is being intentional with history, intentional with needs, intentional with structural barriers, um, and, and being very unique in, in how you provide a resource to someone or what resources you provide. Because once again, needs are different and identities really shape those needs as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love that word intentional. So I think that's, you know, it's obviously it's part of our podcast name and <laughs> what we're trying to do is just be as intentional as possible really in everything we do. So that makes a lot of sense. So let's talk a little bit about the the great resignation. So I gave a little bit of uh, an introduction to it at the start of the podcast, um, but this was a topic that you specifically brought forward and said, hey, I'd really love to talk about this on the podcast. Tell yeah. us a little bit about what brought you to that decision. Well, uh, I tried to merge it. I tried to merge uh, a topic that has to do with something I'm very um, uh, personally affiliated with, which is diversity and inclusion, but also tie it to where I'm housed, which is right now within talent acquisition. And as many folks know, talent acquisition is going through such a challenge right now. I know war for Mm. talent is Mm -hmm. just like the trendy word. We've heard it so many times. Um, Yep. But it's important that we think about why we are where we are right now. Uh, and I think that's that, once again, the nitty gritty. I'm very into foundation. Why? Why, why, why? Instead of addressing the what. And so I thought talking about the great resignation, talking about she session and uh, intersectional vulnerabilities and how folks are more vulnerable to, 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 to things than others. I thought this was a great way to talk about how we as a company um, or just companies in general can do some work around being proactive when it comes to bringing in diverse talent and retaining diverse talent as well. Absolutely. So can you talk a little bit about some things that we're doing as a company to try to respond to the great resignation? 
Yeah, I've I've been on so many calls, um, so many calls where folks are talking about culture, DEI, and I must say it feels great. It feels it great to, yeah, yeah, it feels so good to not have to be the person to bring it up, um, you know, and, and not to bring it up and be followed by silence or whatever the case may be. It, it feels great to know that folks within the company care about each other uh, and care about potential coworkers who comes in. Do we have the environment for them? How can we adjust our approach to ensure that we're being equitable, we're being inclusive? Um, so, so that's what we're doing. We're having a lot of conversations, but we're also working a lot of work. Um, my role uh, requires a lot of collaborations with Dr. Thiele Thatch, as you know, um, you know Thiele and, and other folks as well. Um, and a lot of her role is really towards attraction as well. We work very much in tandem. Talent acquisition is once again more than um, you know, the, the transactional bringing people in and calling it a day. It's more so bringing people in in intentional ways. What do we have internally that we can use to publicize? How do we inform people of what we're doing? Um, how do we show them off the bat that we're committed to their experience? And then not only that, once you get in the door, what are we offering you to, to keep you to stay? How are we keeping you happy? Once again, going back to that, how are we keeping you happy? How are we listening to you? Are we seeing you? Um, and if we're listening to you, are we, are we giving you what you're asking for? Or are we just kind of create, creating a space to listen? So mm -hmm. uh, we're doing the work. I think about all of our resource groups, different events. We just came from a, yeah. an amazing MLK Day celebration. Oh, um, so good. It was so good, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, you know, seeing the folks that showed up, seeing yeah. the comments. Um, I remember seeing, um, you know, Karen McClendon commenting on uh, the emotions that came about just watching yep. that MLK video clip. And I felt it too. I was in the video and I was looking at myself and I was looking at other coworkers and other folks within the company. And there was a sense of, of gratitude because yeah. you know that you're not alone, right? There's, there's a, there's a overarching company co uh, uh, commitment to this yeah. work. So, you know, things like that is how we attract specifically our, our diverse candidates. It's no longer we are the leading provider, you know, and, and that's great. It is really wonderful. It truly is. But yeah. it's more. It requires more. People require more. Um, and, and I think the great resignation has, has definitely shown that. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting because it's sometimes it's hard to distinguish when things are happening in parallel to one another and when something is a result, right? So it's like mm -hmm. kind of the cause causation or correlation. And as, as I was, as I was participating in the Martin Luther King day discussion, it was really, really great just to hear people telling their stories in their own voices. You know, it's, it's, I think it's really important to hear from people of color as they're talking about their stories and especially from our black friends and coworkers and mm -hmm. leaders as they're telling their part of the story um, and how it relates to paychecks as well. And that, that sort of leads into, um, Another term I mentioned earlier, which is the she session, mm -hmm. which is the rec the recognition that the great resignation has disproportionately affected women. Yeah. And from what I've read, disproportionately even more women of color. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and when we were referring to women of color, uh, I know sometimes the color gets uh, kind of diluted, right? Um, we're, mm. we're referring to uh, Latinx women. We're referring to women of Asian descent, 
we are even referring to, to trans women. We are referring to Native American Aboriginal women as well. So it's just important to highlight that as well, because I know sometimes yeah. color can, you know, things can can get very black and white. Um, but you're absolutely yeah, right. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, she, the she session in particular, this is now when we get into like intersectional vulnerabilities and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I enjoy this, I, I will say, just the conversation of it. Uh, I do have... Um, a background in psychology and sociology, and I love oh, this work. I yeah. I when it comes to <laughs> how how could you how was it that obvious? <laughs> but um, you know, intersectionality is huge. It's real. Um, and and it it allows you an opportunity to to have a deeper dig, to a deeper look into someone's experience and ways in which the world looks completely different from them. And you know, let me just say before getting into the C. This I you know it's so difficult sometimes. The it's C a tongue session. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, seriously. Um, it's it's important that we recognize that we and I say as women have truly fought some some structural historical gains. I, I think about early 2020, prior to the start of the pandemic, women crossed major academic and employment milestones. Um, and so you know you think about the impact of that. Labor market was booming. Um, even for a few months, women actually outnumbered men in the U.S. paid workforce, right? So just thinking about how far we've come is is just, I mean, it's amazing, but it's also devastating to think about where we are now. You know, over, over elements you can't control, we have, you know, a year later, uh, over 5 million women losing their jobs. Um, which, 5 million. Which, over 5 million. And that's wow. 2021. So we're not even, we haven't even talked about this year and projections for this year. Um, but in addition to that, that's actually 55% of U.S. unemployment, which is crazy when you really hmm. think about that. Yep. So, I mean, that's why there's an emphasis on women. Um, that's why there's an emphasis mm-hmm. on women of color, because this is so disproportionate um, and, and it requires some attention. I did some research. Um, with the uh, National Women's Law Center. And this is actually the first time since 1948 that female unemployment rates in the U.S. has reached double digits. We're in 2022. And since 1948, that's that's the last time we've we've been in this space. Wow. Since just after World War II. Just after World War II. I, I feel like statements and statistics like that just needs a moment of silence because that is insane. Absolutely insane. So what are what are some of the reasons that the she session is a particular challenge that we're facing? Oh, there's a few. Uh, there, there's definitely a few, but I, I think the number one reason is aligned with childcare, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, women who are being sidelined for jobs, it's really due to lack of childcare, the demanding of, or the demands of virtual schooling, um, you know, Childcare is huge. Uh, and, yeah. you know, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, we can obviously talk about the reason why it's really impacting women in this way. And we can't without obviously touching on the government, right? When we think about affordable childcare, when we think about subsidizing childcare and, and you know, the provision of these things, it's it's unfortunately children, like wanting to have a child is is a huge barrier to also being a professional. It's like you can't have both. And I think COVID just once again reinforced this this idea. Companies just being so uh, blasé 
about mm-hmm. women leaving due to childcare and not trying to provide flexible uh, work opportunities for them is just once again reinforcing this notion that you can't have both. Mm-hmm. You just can't have both. I, I think to myself, um, just personally, my mom, um, she, she couldn't work for a majority of my childhood. Uh, and it's because she wanted to drop me off to school. She wanted mm-hmm. to pick me up. She wanted to help me with homework. She wanted, you know, that's, that's who she wanted to be. That's, that's what, she, that's how she wanted to contribute. Um, and the world didn't make space for her. The workplace did not make space for her to, to do both. Um, and right. obviously times are different, you know, I'm not sure how virtual she could have worked, but you know, when we think about accommodations, there's always room and there was once again, just no room. And obviously this is my unique story. Not many families can afford to have a mom pick up their child and drop them off and help them with homework. Thankfully, you know, that's something that we have the capacity to do, but she couldn't live the way she wanted to. She couldn't explore the professions and the careers she wanted to because she wanted to be uh, a, a bit more present physically, at least as, as a mom. Yep. So it's, it's just, once again, this, this barrier of, of um, something that it's just, it's, it's an, it's very in, in, uh, intense, I'd, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very, it's endemic to our culture, right? And yeah. and we know that it's, it's something that can be done to make space for family and for work because we do it for men mm-hmm. because these same types of concerns fall on, uh, would fall on men as well, right? There, there are men that, you know, do take care of their families, but we don't see a, a you know, a he session because yeah. it's, it's even funny to say that word, right? Because I it, know. <laughs> it's just, it's so ridiculous to our society because we just assume that of course, you know, we're going to make, make room for men to do what they, they need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then obviously now she session gets a bit more granular because we're talking about women in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what happens when we tie race or ethnicity? Mm-hmm. So right. now we're thinking of, you know, someone who is a woman and now someone who's of color. So what does that navigation in the workplace look like? What does that navigation in society look like? So now we're thinking about structural racism now and structural sexism present within the workplace. Um, you know, so now, you know, and it's just, once again, layers, layers on layers. So we're thinking about, you know, uh, providing care by gender to, if, you know, you're a guardian or parent or whatever that looks like. Um, but now you have systemic racial disparities and that aligns now to health risks and that now aligns to, um, you know, like low income and healthcare and care services that now leads to, um, associations of black and brown women um, not getting access to paid sick leave or the ability to work from home. And then it goes further. It, it goes further. Now, elevated care responsibilities for women for women of color across the, the age spectrum. What does that look like now? How is that impacting someone's experience? And we still didn't touch on um, structural uh, uh, pay gaps and pay equity mm-hmm. as well. Right. So it, it just, I mean, it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. Um, so it's, it requires an even further look now into those folks that slip through the cracks yeah. when it comes to um, employment opportunities, staying employed. Um, and then also if they don't happen to stay employed, if they are employed and they're staying within the company, what does that treatment and flexibility look like as they navigate the needs around them? So it sounds like the great resignation is in addition to not being something that is equally affecting 
everyone or all populations. It's also something that has exposed or exacerbated problems that already existed, mm-hmm. like that wage gap, like institutional racism, like institutional sexism. Yeah. What are some things that we can do as a company, as individuals, to help combat some of these underlying challenges, both short-term, long-term? Yeah, I, I say care. Like, just mm. simply care. And obviously, care looks different because now we have to get to the structural. Like, what caused us to be a part of this culture? How did we support this intentionally, unintentionally? I know I've been doing a lot of work with leadership across the business and We've been talking a lot about um, attraction once again, so business involvement in attracting. So knowing that TA does does a lot of this work and spearheads it, but how are you also joining in? Um, through research and, and some other means, we've definitely noticed trends amongst diverse candidates is that they want to hear from who they're working for. Mm-hmm. They want to they want that direct source of knowing and hearing that um, there's a commitment to them and their experience. Yeah. So it has to be vocal. It can't just they, be they, sort of they want silent to hear support. It. Yeah. yeah. They want to hear it. They want to see you. They want to know that you're present. Um, mm-hmm. They they crave transparency. Um, and and they don't want to be, once again, uh, uh, sold a lie. They don't want to be sold a lie and, and end up probably stuck, right, in, in, a, um, in a situation that doesn't allow them what they need to, to mm-hmm. succeed. Yeah, so it's it's put your money where your mouth is. We yep. can't just say we have a collude, uh, we have a um, a commitment to DEI. We have to follow that up with actual action. Yep, yep. We yeah. have to follow it with action. We have to follow it with fiscal uh, accountability. What does you know? I, I think um, I, I just read this article that talked a lot about uh, diversity and inclusion efforts nationwide, and we talked about not we talked about. I read about like structural racism and all of these things and. The baseline is money. Yeah. Yep. The baseline is money. That's that's where that's uh, unfortunately it's how our world works. That's what makes the world go around, and so that's where things begin. Um, and so obviously, I'm talking beyond pay. I'm also talking about resources. Like, well, how are you funding resources for these populations, or um, you know, putting that sort of like fiscal element into these initiatives that you're doing? What does that look like? And then obviously that follows up with some more like structural initiatives, thinking about interviewing um, and affinity bias. What does that look like in your interviewing process? In your selection yep. process, what does that look like? Um, how are you holding your team and your department accountable to these goals? Are you just saying it or is there strategy around it? Are there numbers behind it? Um, who's evaluating and what does accountability look like? Mm-hmm. So all of these questions and, you know, it's, uh, I had a call earlier today and, um, you know, trying to empower people because, uh, you know, we're doing the work. We're definitely doing the work. It's just understanding that it's also never been done. Like this, yeah. this work has never been ingrained in the current process or in the foundation. And so it's going to take some power um, and it's going to take some time to structurally ingrain DNI effort in our traction, interviewing, selection and retaining process. So empowering folks to keep up the work because we care and we're doing it. Um, but also knowing that it's, it's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. So we're on the journey, but we are absolutely, we're close to the start. Yeah. 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 Okay. A lot of work mm-hmm. left to be done. A lot, a lot, but also yeah. acknowledging the milestones as well. Yeah. That's why I'm so glad to have 
folks like you and Dr. Thatch in place and driving these initiatives and helping us get to the place where, you know, we can progress down that path and, and really make, make things better for all oh, of us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I can say on behalf of myself, and I have to continuously repeat it, it, it feels good to have conversations where I'm not always the one spearheading, right? Um, yeah. It feels good yes. to be reached out to, point. like just folks authentically reaching out um, to check in regarding how I'm doing, or um, is there anything they can do better? You know, things like that is what 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 keeps the work going. Is what allows folks to to um, just gather the energy to to keep it going, to sustaining this work and um, and and being proactive about it as well. That's a really great way to kind of wrap up our conversation because yeah. that is something that everybody that's listening to this, uh, whether you're a leader, whether you're an individual contributor, whatever your your career goals are, wherever you are in life, that's something everybody can do right away. You can begin mm-hmm. to reach out to your coworkers and your friends and just do those check-ins and really ask yourself, what are the things I can do to help make this better for everyone? Yeah. Yeah. So Ashley, I want to thank you so much for for being here with us today. This is a really great conversation. Um, again, Ashley George, our Early Talent and Diversity Program Manager. Um, also, a big thank you to our production crew. So we've got Austin in the recording booth today and Matt Hauk and uh, his team on editing. Couldn't do it without them as well. Um, once again, this has been Intentionally Inclusive. And uh, be sure to tune in again next month where we'll be having some additional great conversations. And uh, we'll talk to you then. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2022, all rights reserved.